Coming up this Saturday on Beyond the Vibe, I'm joined by Sonia Christina of Curved Air. We were a new band and we were loud and very dynamic. And Francis made some really, you know, he played a symphony of odd noise, noises and things at the end of Vivaldi, which was mm. which was what we used to end, end our shows with. I was surprised, but, you know, they are, our fans and Black Sabbath fans, I mean, they, 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 they all seem to be into, into, into our show. in my sort of green corduroy lace-up hippie dress and um, brown corduroy cloak and green green shades. It's a, it's a bold look to approach an audition. And uh, Gary Moore supported us, supported Curved Air as we were kind of going through the years when he was, he was, a, he was just a teenager then. So, I've got my coffee here to make sure I'm awake to talk to you. <laughs> Did you go to bed late last night or something? Tired? Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I get tired, but I, I uh, have to sort of pace myself during the day. I've got lots, lots to do. I'm preparing for, for Brazil. It's, uh, it's an exciting thing, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the, the whole... The whole thing is is uh, taking off quite nicely. Now, mm. now the pandemic has pan, pan, pandemic has finished. I know it's. Uh, I'm just glad to get it out of the way with. <laughs> it's like back to normal now. Oh, there uh, you are. So, hmm? There's your room. Oh yes, whole, I have a huge, yeah, it's a multi-camera setup. There you go. You see, <laughs> complete with lights. You get multi multi views of you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> For the when I do the in person ones, at least everybody yeah. gets multi views. <laughs> right. uh, so I'm here uh, with Sonia Christina of Curved Air. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to meet you. I know your dad. Yes. Uh, your mum. Yeah, yeah. Um, he recommended. Uh, you obviously and um, here we are you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, a thing that we like to do is uh, you know I like to go to the very beginning of how everything kind of began uh, so of course uh, you're originally from Brentwood in Essex um, what was it like yeah. growing up for you and kind of what what first attracted you to music I um when I was a solitary kid, I I was um, I my, my brothers were much older than me, so I sort of entertained myself with with uh, going in depth into things like reading and workbooks, you know, sort of things where you kind of have to get start at the beginning and get to the end, you know, things mm. things sort of which which I kind of did did for myself because one needed something to do once it, once you got past the age of playing with dolls and and things and um, so I watched a bit of telly, like everybody did, and and I, and there was uh, um, Ready Steady Go was, was on in the kind of, kind of I'm not sure when when it's when that was on. It it was in the in the um, in about 19 
Do you know when Ready Steady Go started? You're too uh, young. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I watched a bit of. I, I saw some music on 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 the TV, and and that was, you know, that that inspired me. And I listened to uh, that was my, uh, to, to, when I was when when I was sort of young, you know, like sort of before I was like you know when I was about eight or nine or ten, and um, my mother's was brought up by. Um, a famous actress in Sweden and I was brought up thinking that she was my grandmother and it wasn't until after my mother died that my my brother announced you know she's not really our grandmother you know oh. and and it turned out that she had my mother had been adopted um and so so but he had a still brought still had a lot of input in, in, input into my mother's life and and things and um so she used to, when I uh, decided I wanted to sing, and then I decided I wanted to sing, um, I was really into Dusty Springfield. I thought she was, you know, I followed her right from the very beginning from the, from the, the Springfields. And, and just something about her presence was, was, you know, very, very, very charismatic and powerful. Mm. You know, she wasn't like, um, a girly girl you know i always think think of of girls like me as, as there's girls like me and then there's girly girls you know who, who wear dresses and have handbags and 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 go out with the girls and, and things whereas that's you know since i didn't really really meet anybody much when i was little um i i i sort of yeah i mean i i i, I had the older brothers and things but anyway I'm jumping about. I tend to jump about a lot when okay. I'm talking. So, am I talking about music yet? Um, <laughs> when when my grandma was 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 came over to see us, uh, my more and more being Swedish, um, she listened to me sort of singing singing a bit when I was when I was must have been quite small, must must be about six five or six or something like that and she said oh it's not so airy you know not it, it not not you don't you don't have so much airs i don't not that i kind of knew how to not make a lot of air but i mean it, that that comment sort of stuck with me mm -hmm. and then i sang a, a verse of the holly and the ivy at at school and uh i looked sort of was looking we it's obviously a carol concert in this sort of little little hall that we had and and I, you know, everybody seemed to be really, really engrossed, you know. And once I, when I finished it, everybody was going, mm, oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> I thought, well, that's nice. They like that. So, um, so that, that, there was that. And I, uh, I really, we had, we had a singing teacher who, you know, which is the class teaching. I don't know if that's relevant at all, but she, you know, I really, really liked her. She was really mm. nice. And, uh, but this this was also in in sort of um, primary school. But I read something that Dusty Springfield said that she really enjoyed being out on the road and living out of a suitcase. You know, mm -hmm. I thought, oh yes, that sounds good. I, I, that appeals to me. You know, that that's something else that stuck in my mind. So then. Um, so with all the pop stars and things like that, and I think the only person that I, or any other pop star I was into was Adam Faith, 
you know, who there's what do you want if you don't want money <laughs> and and things, you know, and I just thought he was very, very, uh, very handsome. I liked the way that he looked. I think I liked that type. And um, and I was really young and, and, and my mother brought me my, my first single. Mm. And uh, when I was older, I used to go to get singles from the from the uh, from, from from a record shop in 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 Grays because I actually lived in North Stifford, which right. is near Grays in Essex, which is sort of near what is now Lakeside and things. Mm. So um, then um, I had some guitar lessons at school in Brentwood. And um, and then I, what I learned, I learned a little bit there, but then I started teaching myself from um, from a book which had all chords in and things like that. And, and I learned how to read music. I took, sort of taught myself on a book called A Tune A Day for guitar. And um, I also used to speak, had, I did... Um, sort of elocution lessons what it was where we did you know sort of one-to-one um because because I because because I like words and 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 poems and things and so I used to take part in poetry con contests and before before I was 11 and before I went off to big school um and I remember enjoying that the feeling of performing you know you know standing either standing on a big big stage with you know which was um with, with nobody nobody really there but except somebody who was just maybe judging you or or uh just um i guess the teacher or whatever but in the in the poetry com competitions there were they were some of them were on stages and some of them were just in in a kind of a classroom with everybody around the edge and you do your bit but i'd really like the the the, the feeling of of um getting really into the story story and characters of what i was doing mm. and the sound of my voice uh, in the in the silence and the feeling that i was kind of carrying people with me you know that was something that i I, I enjoyed and so you know I got good I did well with poetry speaking and then uh, I was I was listening to a lot of the stuff that was the sort of New York um, folk not really folk but sort of beat beat club folk the beatnik beat the beats and the and the uh, the people the the, the the writers and all these these you know I fancied myself as a bit of a beatnik by the time I was 12 and um and I used to wear denims and 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 denim trainers and uh a denim jacket you know and I thought that was for, for, you know so, very a lot of denim, <laughs> lot of denim yeah. and uh because that, that seemed to sort of sum things up but I started learning these these songs that i'm singing in this book which was 101 american folk songs so i mm. that, and then, then i learned how to transpose songs because i realized my voice is actually quite deep and when i'm singing with lots of other people i can never sing in the sort of regular keys because it's actually my voice gets tight i mean now i'm much older 
um, I've had some, you know, I understand my voice more. But anyway, you wanted to know how I began. So, you know, that's oh. sort of a rough story of my, my child childhood. Yeah, musical. yeah. Um, of course, that kind of carried on, didn't it, where you, you were in the, uh, the musical hair. Um, how did that kind of roll uh, in that, um, like, influence you later in your, in your career? Like, I imagine that's kind of a real solid foundation to have, that, that kind of experience. Well, I had gone to, to drama school. Um, I'd, carried my, I'd, I'd carried on uh, studying voice and, and taking, taking um, drama exams and things. And so I, 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 but I left, I was also doing a lot of performing from when I was 13. I was playing in folk clubs. Mm. Um, and so I just was only one year at the, at the drama school in Hampstead, which was, and then because that was, that was really when, because I was really kept kept an eye on because I was a bit way, wayward as a teenager. I used to used to skip school to see see boys and things, and <laughs> and um, so in fact it got so bad that in the in the in I was I was suspended, and I could only go go back to school to take my A levels. Um, if if my parents took me back and back and back and forth, you know, this was for the school, so I didn't. I deserved that because I was just missing too much school. But then that's a long story. I mean, that kind of evolved in, and was involved various things, various factors. But um, so you know that that first year when I when I was actually on my own in London, that, that was fantastic. You know, because the drama school kids you know were obviously different from normal students we hung out with the people the kids from the from well the young people from the art from the art colleges too so there was Hornsey Art College and and um and through my best friend who was a girl in a, in a, a couple of years older than me when when I was in the first year at college um I got introduced to you know, people like like the the Pink Fairies and Mick Farron from the who was a journalist who wrote for International Times. You know, so I was, um, you know, really, I, I was with some really kind of interesting people, and we used to go down to Middle Earth um, and watch. As I, and the first time I went to Middle Earth, I, I saw the Incredible String Band, which which who I'd loved, you know, from from the from their first album, amongst all the other folk people that, that I used to listen to. And um, so, yeah, I was, yeah, now, you know, having been a tear away, I was now tearing away even more. You know, I was, <laughs> I was singing, playing my guitar, singing my songs and, and, um, and meeting people and, and just generally experiencing the London, the Roundhouse, the Speakeasy, the, all these clubs that we used to get into. Um, and so the, 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 my college, you know, like, just like, my, like my school had sort of put, you know, put, put the brakes on. The college said, well, look, you know, your work's not bad. Um, but I kept falling asleep in lectures and things. And, 
because I was, you know, staying up late and and uh, burning the candle at both ends, and and it, it was kind of obvious, I think. And so they said, "Well, go, 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 take a year off, you know, have a year of absence." And um, so I did that, and then my I had a manager for my for my my sort of folk or my 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 sort of acoustic performances, I suppose you'd call it, because it wasn't mm. really folk that I did. It was just um, a, a mixture of songs that I liked from the from the whole scene, and. Uh, I was in his office, and and he he's he's seen an, an ad for for uh, auditions for hair, you know. And I was you know I was a total hippie from from sixteen really. I was I was, you know, I, I, my denims had evolved into sort of caftans and and uh, and bells and bell, bell round my neck and things. And I and I also. Um, we did war, some war, war, you know, very, very, very short sort of sixties type type dresses as well. But I think I think the sixties type dresses were they they kind of got um, that that was when I was around about fifteen, sixteen, I think, and then then and then it gradually I became more and more went everywhere barefoot, all around <laughs> London, all around the Hampstead Heath. You know, my feet got got really hard and and it and and so spent a lot of time on the heath with uh, with bunches of friends and you know and I got got to know people like Jeff Dexter from the from the uh, who was a, a, a DJ at, at the, the uh, and and a promoter at the roundhouse you know just just in you know just we just it was london was happening it was a happening mm. scene man you know it was kind of as they, kind as of they falling said. into contacts just randomly bumping into people yeah and uh, you know and, and and you know sort of and and have, having lovers and which was which 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 in those days was was sort of incidental to meeting people you know if you fancy somebody you know you, you know it would it would be it wasn't the same as like you'd be wouldn't wouldn't be dating it would just be you know sleeping in the sleeping together for a night or a couple of hours or whatever <laughs> but, but it, you know there'd, but there'd be you know and, and all the other things that went with went with swinging london but swinging london was really the mid sixties, that's the mini dresses and things, and uh, and there was there was the and and in the mid sixties in, in London there was the uh, there was a whole the whole mod thing going on as well. It was a yeah. diff, that was people on scooters and fighting down in South End and mods and rockers. Yeah, so I mean it, it was it was a really good time, really you know really, and and the, the thing thing is that you know now that now that there's people are so worried about gang violence and and you know stranger people you know people beating beating up strangers and things like that. But I never felt threatened the whole time when I was wandering around. I'd be hitchhiking and because mm. that was that was popular too. So um, no, I still haven't got into hair yet, have I? <laughs> <laughs> I've been. Um, he, he said he said go and my my manager Roy Guest. 
who was an important man in 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 um, you know in the concert world and he said go go and audition for this so I went and auditioned and and got called back and called back lots of times I, I got I had a friend from the art college who brought his little keyboard and accompanied me whilst I sang can I get a witness and then what they wanted to have good movers so I wiggled a bit and you know whilst I was singing can I can I get a witness and and I, I think I sang um the Donovan song you know the uh, took a to -da -da trip at downtown today that one you know yeah. and waving my arms as hippies do so uh so yeah so I got into I got into that show but my friend Mick Farron lived upstairs from the Shaftesbury Theatre so and I used to go there in the in the um uh in between shows when we when we had two shows on on there they would be I, I'd, I'd go up there and hang out with with Mick Farron and and he 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 was best friends with all the hells at London Hells Angels you know because he used to put on free festivals and it was all all those people that I was getting to know and poets and and um you know, just people in other bands, because as, as, as I've been traveling around as a teenager, I've been meeting other musicians, obviously, and they've been showing me a few chords. And, mm. and when I was living up in London, I, I was kind of, you know, I, I, I met Tom Pax Paxton, which was, you know, I was at, at a place where everybody was hanging out together. And it was, it was Trevor Lucas's place where Sandy Denny's partner. And, and so, um, this was exciting for me there was because Tom Paxton I sang a few Tom Paxton songs and he, so he was there and Sandy Denny I ran into several times she was I was supporting her in folk clubs and things and then after that of course um uh you, I'm, I'm correct to say you you were approached to to uh to to, to be in what would become Curved Air or is it yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. This was I'd been in in Curved Air. I'd been in here two and a half years, mm. and I um, I wanted something else to do, and it just coincidentally with that desire became became um, a phone call from my manager on New Year's on on, on the first of January. 1970 and about this band and you know how how their 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 manager he, he had come to see him said to ask if i wanted to to audition for them so i went and met them and i sang melinda more or less in fact which is one of my my uh, my songs so uh, melinda was a song that i'd written when i was when i was 18 when i was mm. sort of in my kind of um but before before I was in hair, and so I, I sang that to them, which was kind of representative of what I was doing. I arrived in my sort of green corduroy lace-up hippie dress and um, brown corduroy cloak and <laughs> green green shades, and uh, and and I was driving a, a triumph white triumph herald. 
<laughs> That's a, it's a bold look to approach an audition. <laughs> well, yes, it's 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 because whilst I was in here, I had a I had had a a, a baby, mm. and so he was living with my parents, and so I was going back and forth for some time um, to you know up back to Grays and from Grays to London after shows, and then when I was in Curved Dare. When, once we started working together, then we all moved into a flat in um, in Hampstead, and we you know just we all we all lived together for the first three years of the of 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 the band until it and you know until it it till it till it sort of it kind of fragmented for the first time. Of course, uh, you know a lot of people say that. Um, particularly back then you had kind of a different different kind of you're doing a different thing to to what other people were doing you know a lot of people say uh you know around that time you know progressive rock was like kind of a new thing from you know rock and rock and pop music um what was kind of you know when, when you're coming up with these songs at that, at that time what was like the thought process behind that because like a lot of people nowadays they say oh you know my influence is such and such but like, particularly for for like progressive rock, I, I don't know like where you would pull that from back then. Well, the the band had been to the two main writers in the band had been to music college, mm. and you know, and and they were being influenced by everything that was happening in in, in rock music you know like west coast rock and Jimi hendrix and as well as the kind of new contemporary classical weirdness that would be happening you know people just sitting not playing anything for ages and occasionally banging something that would be a score you know mm. and uh, there were it, there was a lot of strangeness going on but um so they 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 had written a bunch of music which they um had started performing just as it was but it didn't didn't have lyrics and so they wanted me to write lyrics and occasionally that they had you know a a first line or a first verse or whatever but then I kind of finished it off and it was just the music was so atmospheric mm. and the, the tunes were so singable and um that it was you know it, it was it was it was quite inspiring. It was very inspiring, and and it was and so I, we we went away before we did, after we'd started rehearsing together, we went away to the bass player's um, family home in in Gloucestershire, and uh, we, we rehearsed in a barn there, and that was when I really began to feel that things were happening, you know, mm. because. Um, I, I liked rock music, and I didn't really know they they, they had heard people like um, King Crimson and the other kind of really out there prog prog bands. Um, I mean, even G Genesis probably started around about the same time as as we as as we did. Mm. So they were more influenced by the by the the, the strange stuff around, and and Francis our keyboard player he was into modulating sounds which was, was also a thing that was 
that was new than than the having the electronic devices that you could actually take home and play with the sounds that, that you would then be able to 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 uh, trigger from your keyboard or from your VCS3 synthesizer and things with cables and and things. So, and then we had an electric violinist, which was, um, and that was fairly new. There, there, there was, uh, there were other violinists in bands, but they were very much more um, folk or rock. And Daryl was, you know, he had that sort of classical flair, those mm. melodies that were in the songs were under his fingers too, you know, and the arrangements were, were, um, they could arrange things, you know, so it was like having our, our own arrangers there and, and rather than ex everything's sort of coming from, you know, a rock, a rock direction, a lot of the bands around were, you know, like The Doors and, and um, Pink Floyd were, you know, they were, they were rock, but they also were like spacey, psychedelic and things so that was that was cool and I, I remember before I was in here listening to a lot of Pink Floyd in in various bedsit rooms and 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 all the and a lot of the other things Arthur Lee's love I liked so you know I wasn't I didn't really know that much about classical music and I didn't really know that much about progressive rock in fact there wasn't it wasn't called progressive rock then they, they were just different different kinds of bands it was it was a kind of experimentation it was a time for for pushing the boundaries you know how loud mm. how loud can 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 you amplify yourself you know how bizarre can you make the make the sounds so where can you how long can you play your solos for and <laughs> you know and and it was um, an interweaving of sort of jazz and classical and indian music and not so much um curved air was it was yeah it was curved air was was like sort of interesting interesting motifs and rhythms and and you know yeah it was cleverly cleverly arranged i think mm. and then then i just kind of did my thing on top and what was really good was they didn't tell me what to do and i remember standing in the speakeasy and which was an early date that we did and and i was kind of moving to the music and Francis said yeah yeah you you, you dance you dance you know it's so very encouraging to of what I did and so I could I could I really got into the physical physicality of of communicating with an audience physically as well as vocally you know it's the songs I, I communicated much like I would communicate poetry mm. and you know and and I would inhabit in in my head inhabit a range of different characters to to um deliver my songs and which was me all me and uh you know and I, and I would project being a hippie and all and in and uh, I used to go down to the Spir Spiritualist Association as well as one, one of the places that I used to spend a lot of time in Belgrave Square and there there were books on yoga and spirituality and I attended classes in mediumship and and um, and so I, I saw performing as a kind of sh shamanic 
ritual, you know, where you um, you and the audience kind of got onto some plane together, you know, that mm. that 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 you whatever you I, I transmitted was communicated to to the people in people in the audience, and and obviously they wouldn't think the same. I get the same images as. But, but but when you're reading a book, you know you get your own images in your head, don't you? And 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 not necessarily what the writer wrote, but you do you get the feelings and the and the um, the visions, you know. So so I, it was a and that so therefore I, I gave my audiences, um, you know, a lot of my energy, my love, and they were they and they returned it too. You know, so I, I was very physical with the, you know, the 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 they were nearly all boys, and uh, you know, it was it was you know that that was really it really was loving. You know, they had they have their hands out on the front of the stage, and and um, we'd make make contact as I sort of went along the front row and things. So, you know, it's just kind of. It was it was very special for them, and it was but it was special for me too. You know, it was just kind of this, the fact that they they were getting into a kind of a trance with the music, and 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 it wasn't sort of, you know, it wasn't like at the beginning. You know, it, it certainly it wasn't sort of sexual. It was more to do with it was just human. You know, mm. of course, when I was doing my my research um for this episode i found that that uh you you'd uh gone and supported black sabbath um like in today's yeah. world you don't really see that speaking of genres you don't really see that mix of of genres on the same bill like how did that kind of come about because like like today that would be kind of like you know you see uh metal bands or rock bands they kind of they're supported by a band that's quite similar or you know i mean they, they kind of have similar similar vein of music yeah well we were a new band and we were loud <laughs> and and very dynamic you know they, the the boys put on a good show mm. and you know so it was good to watch and all these and, and francis made some really you know psychedelic weird weird you know, you played a symphony of odd noise noises and things at the end of Vivaldi, and uh, so Vivaldi being our being the the main sort of violin piece, which was mm. which was what we used to end end our shows with, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it I, I was surprised, but you know, they are our fans and Black Sabbath fans. I mean, they 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 all seem to be into 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 our show and presumably they 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 our our fans stayed for black sabbaths as well i mean it's it's interesting because i mean when, when i spoke to andy scott a while ago the suite he 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 mentioned back then in that era um you'd have festivals and uh you know uh, bands with with support bands and such that you know it, it was all just kind of music it didn't really matter what area of that so like it could be prog well what would be prog rock it could be hard rock it could be this that and the other but i think people maybe were more uh receptive to trying different things perhaps that kind of yeah. argument 
because there were people like um, playing who were playing the same sort of um, festivals roundabouts of the early 70s. I mean, there's Long John Baldry, Rod Stewart, who was mm. then Rod the Mod. And um, there was uh, Chicken Shack and which um, and and Stevie Winwood from from I think I think I think he was with the Spencer Davis band. He wasn't with um, if the, the, I think the Spencer Davis band came after Traffic. I don't know. I mean, he was still very young. But um, yes, yeah, so there was a lot of really good music around. But you know, good rock and blues and rhythm and blues and um, and that that was the sort of the and then and then there there were the kind of incredible string bands and um, and people like me who played guitar and 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 sang sang songs and a few a few of those but I mean that but they would play at you know the Paul Simons and Bob Dylan's and things they would they would all they would play, play. so progressive rock sort of was kind of a bit of of um yeah I mean it was it was just music it, mm. it was it was really re really well played sort of virtuoso performances of, of music a great guitarist there around the Steve Marriott and and Gary Moore supported us. Of course, supported Curved Air as we were kind of going through the years when he was—he was a—he was, was just a teenager then. But you know, I love the, the, you know I, 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 Gary Moore and Phil Linnett are you know the the Thin Lizzy. I I, mm. I love the, really like their music. But Gary Moore supported us, and I think uh, Skid Row. Which is also Gary Moore. I mean, they I think they had the same management because it's because often often it comes with being on the same label or having yes. the same management. They'll, that that you you would go out together then. Mm. It's interesting because like you wouldn't like in today's world you you perhaps wouldn't associate uh, you know a guitarist like Gary Moore being on the same bill. Like it doesn't really happen now. You don't really see that so often. So I think. You know, it'd be, it'd be nice to kind of see a return to, to something like that, where you have that kind of range, um, you know, maybe at a festival or something like that. But, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Um, jumping forward, uh, by the time uh, this episode will be released, um, of course, you'll be about to go and uh, play some shows in Brazil, which is always exciting. Um, yeah. And we're doing a different thing. We're, we're doing it as a three-piece. Yes. Yeah, sort of, it's financially easier for us, and so we thought, well, let's do it with the three, the three of us, and uh, with three, three with the guitar, violin, and me, and um, because we we over the pandemic we had been due, to, we'd been wanting to go to Brazil and and due to go to Brazil for quite a while, but you know we actually had a firm firm date in 2020 but obviously that was postponed and then mm. and then there was another one for 2021 and then that was postponed you know so this is our sort of you know third third time lucky when you've got really really good musicians they're in demand so you know it's we need to kind of get 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 enough income to be able to pay them as well so we've got pa pa patreon thing which um 
seems to be working. I mean, we, we, we need to get a lot more people behind, behind it. We meet on online every now and again and, you know, listen, listen to Curved Air stuff, listen to my stuff, listen to music, other music that they like. And, mm. you know, that seems to be a good common ground, you know, and, and I'm sort of getting to know them. And, and they're really, really interesting because obviously they're, mu they're music lovers and music experts. And Of course, we, we mentioned the, a few gigs in Brazil and you've, you've done a bit of a tour. And do you have any, any plans for, for an album or a release going forward? Yeah, we're, we, in early 2020, we went to Japan and that was, and Japan really liked the, the third, fourth album, the air cut. And which is, which is very, very, it, it's actually very, very, very popular. It's been a very slow burner. It's taken, it's taken all this, all these years to sort of, you know, to percolate through, through everybody. I mean, the, there were people, the pe people now say, oh, it was, it's always been their favorite. So, um, but the the band that I had then didn't didn't uh, stay around long enough to kind of really promote it. Mm. So um, we 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 base the set that we did in Japan on the air cut songs because they liked that like that, and we hadn't actually performed them much. And so now we're performing them. Um, in our shows this year so this is basically our 50th anniversary because we couldn't 50th anniversary was actually on the in 2020 i think we recorded that set but it wasn't that well recorded but it's you know it's but it was really well played and so our keyboard player in between other things that he's doing you know he is he's been kind of perfecting the sound and getting it to sound you know really really good so he's producing it and um he's he we we we, did, we released two tracks from it um for our in for our march tour and that you know they were up it was um two three two from and and another one called Ishib ishiban girl which was a something that that daryl and i wrote about which was which happened to be about sort of being in Japan, so it was appropriate to perform it in Japan. So, um, so we're yeah, he's put he's mixing it, and so it's just just as of yesterday we were talking. I was he he and I, Robert and I, were um, just discussing. Now he's going to. He's, he's 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 he feels ready to put another burst of energy into it because he's he's doing it by himself and then and then we me and Beric and Kirby Beric being our sort of personal manager you know we he we we he he we feed back to him on what he's what he's done and and things and so we kind of mix from a distance we're somewhere in the control room but we're not and uh so we hope to, I think, I really want to get it ready, finished. There's no reason why now it shouldn't be ready by um, the September gigs, if not before. And, if, you know, and, and it was really, really well performed. And it was, um, it, it, it was this, this lineup that we, you know, that we're on tour with now. One question I always kind of, I like to finish on uh, before we go. Um, it's a bit of a hypothetical question. Uh, if you could tour with one band from the past, 
and one band from the present, who would they be? So you've got um, your you've got your time travel device, so there's no limitations. <laughs> well, we've already toured with some pretty exciting bands, but, but I, I know, think there's David, a few. David Bowie mm. from the past. And um from the present. Um well, I mean the, the bands that are still bands the bands that from the past are still going in the present. You know, um, you know, like Osric Tentacles, who I sort of hooked up with in back in the 1980s. So, um, who would I want to tour with now? Um, I don't know. Robert and I were talking about it. We're just thinking around if we want to go, what would be a good double bill for us? You know? mm. And I, th I think um, there are some really good progressive rock bands in Scandinavia so I think you know to, to and and they they're obviously they're a new generation of of players because we, we're the old guard and and there's when we, we did a, a, a progressive rock festival in Italy and that was really interesting they they're, they're much more sort of out there they're playing more expand experimental music you know mm. there and uh yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting seeing seeing new people um, being progressive, really, because that's what prog, prog music is. It's supposed to be something that's not rock or indie or pop. You know, it's it's just it can be anything. You know, it it, it it's whatever you want to make it. Mm. I think that's the interesting thing about the genre. It's kind of. Um you have all these bands that are, that are in that circle but they all sound quite different you know you can't you can't kind of uh you know like, like for example a uh, thrash metal they all sound you know they've all got that distinctive vibe about them whereas as you say there you know you can take you can take prog where wherever you want to take it really you know there's kind of yeah. there's a lot of room well thank you very much for for joining me of course uh, uh for people out there you know that are wondering about a new album keep your eyes peeled for that maybe september time possibly yes, yes september for the for the for the live album but then once once we finished that um well there, there, there'll there'll be a, a a space between the end of the end of all the production and stuff and the release because of you know mm. the just the band management kind of organizing the release but then we're i'm going to finish our new original material album and that you know that that's something that that i i in particular need to immerse myself in because we've got lots of bits and pieces which, which everybody's presented which is good and they just need to be shaped um we've, we've done quite a lot of the shaping then with, with them too but i've now got to to create the song that sits with their though all these different ideas that that that, that, are, that are there mm. and so you know we're kind of halfway there with that now anyway i think mm. so so that should be early next year ready for um we'll we'll probably we'll do a spring tour again so of course keep your eyes peeled for that thank you very much for joining me and, thank you for uh, having me
<laughs> no, it's been a pleasure and uh good luck with your your uh, uh brazilian little brazilian tour that you've got going I mean, it's uh it's always exciting to go to a, last time know. i went i was with, with Stuart, and he jumped off a, he jumped we, we went up to um that big statue of jesus which is yes. on, on a mountain there and he jumped off the cliff with the um with the brazilian hang gliding champion <laughs> went floating off over the over the uh, the landscape below wow so, and i don't know my mum must have made my way down by myself <laughs> i can't remember getting going down but that but, but that was uh, he's, he's very brave he, he's the one that does the, all the all the scariest rides on the fairground so so you're not going to be convinced to do it this time then <laughs> no I have, I have done that thing being dragged along by a boat you know with the, with the parachute you know yes. he, he insisted that i did that when we were in thailand but 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 and, and that was okay i just had to let go and commune with the spirits of the air you know <laughs> well thank you very you much okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>